Hello and welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. And this new series is exploring one of the ways we're seeking to do things as a church through building a culture of honour. Honouring is where we seek to build up, not tear down, bringing dignity rather than shame. But the danger with anything that when you feel like, all right, this is something I've got to do, is we rush to the doing. Rather, the way of Jesus is always, it's an overflow of something we've received. As I want us to discover and understand that the starting point, the foundation of any culture that we're seeking to build, that's seeking to honour, is understanding that we are honoured by God. Thanks for joining us. Our Bible reading is taken from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 from verses 4 to 11. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to everyone, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Excellent. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, some of you will notice that some of those x-rays at the beginning um, piece are upside down. So um, there'll be prizes for anyone who can tell me which of these x-rays are actually upside down next time, and you'll, um, you'll walk away with something tasty. Um, there can be um, profound beauty in different gifts operating together as a whole. Profound beauty. Um, on your screen now is going to appear a photo of Oasis City Football Club. Okay, This time last week, there were a number of us who, who went away. Some of those faces you'll recognize, others you won't, but all of them are people who gather every Monday night, um, an initiative from Oasis to play football. And we were at the National Christian Football Festival, and it was like poetry in motion a lot of the time. <laughs> Different gifts coming together, operating as a whole, let me talk you through some of it. Uh, Pete, Pete Lockhart, strong in the challenge, would put a pass through to someone called Sam Pritchard, who plays it right back for us. He's very fast. He'd go past one or two players, pass the ball to Mikey Fahey. He's got excellent technique. And so Mikey Fahey put a long ball over the top to Rob Campbell, who ran onto it with all the speed of a 45-year-old. <laughs> Lobbed the goalkeeper in the back of the net, and the crowd went wild. It was a beautiful sight, all these different gifts coming together for, this, for the common goal. We did not win many games, <laughs> but we entertained. We played football the right way, and we loved it. We loved it. We're in a teaching series at the moment called Building a Culture of Honour. 
And over recent weeks, we've been looking at a section of the Bible from the first letter to the Corinthians, um, chapter 12 in particular. And, and Paul has been comparing the church to a body. So a, a body has hands and feet and, and ears and eyes, different parts, one body, all indispensable, all equally valued and needed and important. And over the next two weeks, we're going to look at how that analogy plays itself out when we come together in the exercise of spiritual gifts, what the Bible calls spiritual gifts. Okay, So I'm going to start that this week. Agent's going to continue it next week. Because on a typical Sunday, what you'll notice if you're around us for any length of time is that different people bring different contributions. Some of those are planned contributions. There's someone who's planned to come up here and to preach the Bible to us because the Bible is the Word of God and we need to hear the Word of God week on week. And other people would have planned some songs for us to sing, but other people haven't necessarily planned anything, but they're still coming up and bringing some contribution like, like Dave and Lawrence this morning. Something of God wanting to speak to us as his people. And so we honor that. We, pre- we provide room for that to happen. And really what we're going to look at over the next few weeks is, what does the Bible say about all of that? How do we make sense of it all? Okay, and we're going to once again look at the letter to the Corinthians. And that's what Uduak read out for us just a moment ago. So helpful to understand some context first. Okay, so the Corinthian church was made up of people from all sorts of different backgrounds. It was a cosmopolitan church, a seaport church. And the church was passionate about experiencing God. They just wanted more of God. Yeah. And Paul seemed to have a real affection for the Corinthians. He tells them, you guys, you are all saints because of your relationship to Jesus. Yeah, you are saints, fact. But they were saints with problems, okay? The Corinthian church was full of divisions, actually, because they were really big on wanting to experience God But actually, it was a lot of the times just came into, well, who's had the best experience rather than how do we love one another and know God better together? And so um, there was divisions based on people feeling superior with respect to their social standing or their particular experiences or their gifting. Some were puffed up, others were pulled down. And that's the context into which Paul was writing. And before we look at the verses that were read out a moment ago, it's helpful to understand what Paul has said leading up to this section. You see, in the preceding lines, Paul has just emphasized that when the Corinthian believers gather together, God is active among them. Okay? He is the living God, a God who acts and a God who speaks, a God who often acts through his speech. He creates what he commands. Right from the beginning, we see that in creation. God spoke and it was. And of course, Jesus is the word of the Father, the ultimate action of God, the one who comes to reveal God to us. So God is not some mute idol, Paul is telling the Corinthians. He's a living, speaking God. And of course, we see that throughout the scripture. All the pages of the Old Testament are full of stories of God's mighty acts. And they're also full of messages of of God speaking to his people through the prophets, because it was often through the prophets that God would speak. Individual men and women upon whom the Spirit of God would come to undertake particular tasks for his glory in particular times, particular spaces. Yet the promise came for the prophet Joel that a time would come when God would pour out his Spirit on all people. Wonderful. Joel chapter 2, you'll see it on the screen now. It says, I will, this is Joel prophesying, God speaking through Joel. 
I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And we see this begin to happen in the early church. Rather than just one or two people rarely coming under the sense of the anointing of God to to do what God has planned for them to do, we start to see the Spirit of God poured out on all of the church and all of them active, expressing gifts in order to make God known. Because through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, the way has been made open now for God to come and live inside us. God on the inside Inside you, inside me. That's amazing. So when we come together, we should expect to experience the presence of God in a very special way. Because it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, just earlier on, Paul says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells within you? So Oasis, do you not know you are God's temple? And his spirit dwells within you. Do you know that? Or in 1 Peter 2 verse 5, it says that believers are like living stones coming together to form a spiritual house. Again, it's temple language. The spirit of God lives within you. You're like a stone, a very nice stone. And when we come together, living stones, we form the temple, the place where God dwells. God dwells amongst his people. Not just here. All those gathered in Jesus' name throughout the world at this moment in time, a living temple where God is found. And so each week when we come together on a Sunday or in small groups, we're coming to encounter God as those in whom his spirit dwells. And this is very exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. When we sing our songs, we can expect to encounter God in our worship. When we hear the Bible preached, we can expect to encounter God in his word. When we break bread and we take juice together in communion, we can expect to meet with God. And when we come together as living stones, all in the same place, a temple, we can expect to encounter God as each one of us exercise the gifts he's given us to bless one another. And so in verse 4 of the passage that was read out, it says, there are different kinds of gift, but the same spirit. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, the same God at work. Okay, So when we, as a church, gather together, the Spirit is at work distributing gifts. So what are spiritual gifts? What are they? Well, they are ways in which God empowers us to do good to others. Ways in which he empowers us to do good. They go beyond our natural personalities or talents. God will often work with your talent and with your personality, but spiritual gifts are not simply another way of saying uh, Dave has a real talent for playing piano. Okay, it's not just another way of saying it. Or Becca has a real talent for, for singing. Not just another way of saying Rich has a talent for good jokes. Sometimes. Yeah, those things might be true. But spiritual gifts involve being empowered by God to accomplish his purposes, to do something we can't do. So he might take our gifts and personalities and talents, but empower them by his spirit to do something that he intends to do. Accomplishing his purpose. And what is his purpose? To make Jesus known for the good of others. 
That's what his purpose is. That's what spiritual gifts are all about. And they're available to all Jesus' followers. And like any gift, they can be unwrapped and explored and enjoyed and learnt and utilized. And there are many different gifts, and some of them were listed in the passage. Like the gift of wisdom. Some of you have been given the gift of wisdom, and I'm very grateful for you. God may use you to unlock situations and to help make clear a way forward. You may be aware of it when it's happening. You may not be. But maybe in just the questions you ask and the way that you ask them, it just makes clear, ah, that's what it looks like for Jesus to be Lord in this situation. I've experienced that a number of times. Jean Arms, who I don't think she's in the room, she has this gift of wisdom. And when I sit and have a coffee with her, often she'll ask questions or make comments. I think, oh, God, you've spoken to me. That's what it looks like to move forward in this particular situation. And there are other gifts that are not mentioned here in the letter to the Corinthians, but are listed elsewhere in the Bible. So in, in Romans chapter 12, it talks about spiritual gifts, and it has a different list. It talks about the gift of showing mercy, the gift of teaching, the gift of generosity, the gift of encouragement. That's a good one, isn't it? The gift of encouragement. We all need that. Some of you have been given the gift of encouragement, and that means the Spirit of God uses you so that when you say something to someone, you put courage in them. Put courage in them to keep doing what God's called them to do. Gus Rosier has that gift. Many times in my life, Gus has spoken some encouragement into me, and it's given me the fire to keep going. Katie Lonsdale has that gift. Just, just name a few. Okay? And it's wonderful when those gifts are exercised. There are lots of different gifts that the Spirit gives, but though the gifts are many, the giver is the same. So there are common characteristics to the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, to quote my wife, Rebecca Blaber, she said this to me the other day, I thought, oh, this is dropped. The more you get to know the giver, the more you'll recognize and enjoy the gifts. Isn't that helpful? The more you get to know the giver, the more you'll recognize the gifts that he gives and get to enjoy them. Think about, for example, the band Coldplay. They have written many different songs, but there's a familiar sound to all of them, isn't there? Yeah? When a Coldplay song comes on on the radio, you recognize it. You know, the, the, the Chris Martin vocals, the, the, um, the drum beats, the piano riff, yeah? Different song, recognizably Coldplay. Taylor Swift is the same, Chloe Grace. Do you all know that? In the same way, the Holy Spirit operates in such a way that there are recognizable qualities to it so that you might encounter a gift of the Spirit and think, ah, oh, that's the Spirit of God. It sounds like him. Equally, there'll be sometimes that doesn't sound like the Spirit of God. Maybe that's because it's not a gift of the Spirit that's been operating at that moment in time. And it's helpful to know what are those characteristics. So what are the characteristics of the gifts of the Spirit? What are the common traits? Well, there are four that we see within the passage in 1 Corinthians 12. Firstly, in verse 3, Paul says, No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is ever at work in order to make known Jesus as Lord. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It tells us that in John chapter 16. Jesus says, the spirit of truth will lead you into all truth and he will take what belongs to Jesus and make it known to you. So the spirit is always wanting to shine a spotlight onto Jesus so that you can see that's Jesus, he is Lord. 
That's what the Spirit's all about. So that's number one. The Spirit does that. Number two, the Spirit works for the common good. Spiritual gifts are actually the real beneficiary is not the person exercising the gift, it's other people. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit gives you a gift to give away. Yeah, the gift of healing is not for you, it's for those people who need to be healed. The gift of prophecy is not for you, the prophet. It's for those who need to hear something of what God's heart is in a particular situation. So gifts are there to give away. They're for the common good. Thirdly, it's a gift. It's not an imposition. Yeah? I have here a bar of chocolate. I would like to give it away. Who wants a bar of chocolate? Would anybody? Okay, the first, the first hand that came out was, was your hand. So you may have it. Voila, voila, there we go, there we go. You see, the, a gift is given. I didn't whack over the head with the bar of chocolate. That would have been an imposition. That would have been unfair. No, you give it away. You just give it away. Same with the spiritual gifts that God gives us. It's not, I've got something, I have to bring it. No, it's, here's a gift. Can I offer it to you? Give it away. That's what the Holy Spirit's like. Generous. And fourthly, we handle those gifts with humility. We handle them with humility. Because they belong to God, not to us. They're his gifts. And so we handle them with humility. Which is why any kind of ministry for God should never be about a particular person. Their name should not be what you most recognize with the ministry. Because it's his, it's God's. So what are the characteristic gifts of the characteristics of the gifts of the Spirit? They draw attention to Jesus as Lord. They're for the common good. They're a gift, not an imposition. And they belong to God. They're handled with humility. Yeah? And before we look at all the gifts that Paul lists, let's just make one thing clear. Everything, everyone has something to add in. Yeah? Everyone has something to add in. And everyone is able to receive it, actually. Only James could receive the chocolate on that particular occasion. God is more generous than I am. Yeah. And we've all got something to add in. But not everyone has every gift. Some people have the gift of faith for healing. Others don't. Some people have the gift of tongues. Others don't. And there's no place for inferiority or superiority. Okay? I have known times when I've thought because I don't speak in tongues, maybe I'm not a real Christian. And Paul explicitly deals with that here in this passage. And he says, kindly and gently, that's rubbish. Yeah? <laughs> a bit like saying, a bit like my foot saying, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. Well, that's rubbish. If I go over here, the hand's coming with me and so's the foot, whether the foot likes it or not. It's just as much part of the body but it might be living in such a way that excludes itself from enjoying being part of the body, the part that scores most of the goals. Paul is crystal clear. Not all believers have all of the gifts, and that's okay, because we're a body. It's about who we are together rather than any one individual. So don't look to the person next to you and say, they've got more gifts than me. They're more of a Christian than I am, or they're more impressive than I am. No. Equally, no one can sit feeling superior. 
No one can say, because I have this particular gift, I don't need you. Because I have the gift of miracles, I don't need the church. No. Actually, you can only really exercise spiritual gifts in the context of being part of church. You can only recognize your hand in the context of knowing yourself to be part of a body. And so it's really important that that is front and center. No superiority, no inferiority. So different gifts, same giver. Let's look very briefly then at some of those different gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12. And, and Paul lists the gift of a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. And the scholars have some debate about what exactly Paul means here. Okay, But certainly what we see in Scripture at times is that God gives a, a word of knowledge to someone which enables them to be able to call out something in the person who they're meeting which they otherwise wouldn't have known. So, for example, in John chapter 2, Jesus meets someone called Nathaniel, and he tells them, he tells Nathaniel where he was and what he was doing a couple of hours before they met, even though Jesus would have no idea about that were it not for the fact that it had been revealed to him. Why was that knowledge given to him? So that Nathaniel would know he is known, he is loved, he's welcomed in. And so sometimes God gives a, a word of knowledge so that we might be able to communicate something to someone by which they will know God knows you, God loves you, you're welcomed in. That's a, that's a, that's a gift of knowledge, of wisdom. I've known that in my life, and it's so powerful. Sometimes that happens in the context of healing. Someone might say, I just believe there's someone in the room who has got a broken right big toe, and God wants to heal you. And that's not to the exclusion of others. It's so that we might know God is a God who knows us, who's interested in us, who wants us to come in. Also listed is the gift of faith for healing or for miracles. This is a wonderful gift that God gives to people in the church. And sometimes it gets given liberally to lots of us and there are other people who live with this all the time. So within Oasis Church, we have known miraculous healing. Let me tell you a story. There's a family who used to be part of us called the Dixon family, Zach and Sarah Dixon. They've now moved on to a different part of the country. Um, around about the time that Becca and I were expecting our child, they were expecting their first children, twins. And um, the, the, the twins who would go on to be called Noah and Finley, there were problems with one of the twins, Finley. He had a bit of his brain missing, a bit of the cerebellum. In fact, the way that the doctors told the two twins apart on the antenatal scans was by identifying which baby was the one who had the part of the, the brain missing. Yeah. And as a church, when we found out this news, we, there's a rise of faith and a sense of we're going to pray for healing. We believe this is not right. God gave us a gift of faith to really believe for healing. And the boys were delivered. And then a couple of days after they were delivered, they went to have a scan to have a look at, you know, the extent of the damage to the brain for Finley in particular. And when the doctors did the scan, both brains were completely formed. Completely formed. You could no longer tell them apart anymore by their brains. Because God had done a, a miracle of healing. That's part of our history, Oasis Church. And some of you have got a particular faith to see healings and the miraculous. That's a spiritual gift for the benefit of the whole, we say yes to that. Love to see that exercised. Also listed is the gift of prophecy. 
The gift of prophecy, that's one that Paul really likes. You know, we'll go on to see about that. If you were to read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, you'll, you'll know that Paul says, really go for prophecy. Why is that? Well, because prophecy is a way in which God speaks to us in language that we can understand. And prophecy is a revelation from God in order to communicate something about who he is and who we are and what it looks like to follow him. Yeah, really, that's what prophecy is about. And it tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 that prophecy is there to encourage and to strengthen and to comfort. Do you need, do you need courage? Prophecy is great for that. Do you need strengthening? Prophecy is great for that. Comfort? Prophecy is great for that. It's not like Old Testament prophets, yeah? In the Old Testament, prophets would come and say, thus saith the Lord with that kind of authority. And um, they would be judged by whether or not what they, they proclaimed came true or not. And, and, and it's clear the teaching in the New Testament is not like that anymore. We prophesy in part, we see in part, so we need to weigh it. When we, when we feel God's telling us something for someone, it's not the same as Scripture. Scripture is the authoritative word of God. That's how we get to know the giver is by knowing his word because he's revealed himself through his word. So we can recognize the voice of God as we get to know his word. But God does prompt us and give us encouragements to share which will speak words of encouragement and strength and comfort like what Dave and Lawrence did this morning. A word from God. Did it sound like the Holy Spirit? Yes, it was totally. In fact, both of them, they were kind of interweaving scripture into what they were saying. It sounds like the Holy Spirit for our comfort, for our strengthening. And Oasis Church has been shaped by the prophetic throughout our history. It's been wonderful. God directing us this way, that way, as he speaks to us about his plans and purposes. Another gift that is um, listed is distinguishing spirits. One of the ways this works out is that sometimes in conversation with people, it becomes clear that they're living, with a they're, they're living believing something about themselves that's not true, but it's really shaping their identity. And as I'm hearing them, I'm recognizing that's not the Spirit of God that's revealing that to you. And that's limiting your freedom. So let's, let's call that out for what it is. That's a lie. Okay? And let's speak truth into this situation so you might become who you already are and enjoy freedom in Christ. Distinguishing the spirits, being able to distinguish what is from God. Remembering that that which comes from God glorifies Jesus as Lord, is for the common good is, is there to bring, is there offered with humility a gift to bring freedom. And then finally, the other gift that's um, listed is the gift of tongues and interpretation. Okay, sometimes we, we have this in Oasis. Someone prays out in a different language, a heavenly language, and we don't understand what they're saying. And the Bible is clear that the Spirit gives us that gift, and that gift is a language of praise directed towards God in order to make much of him, because sometimes we just don't have the words don't have the words to say what we want to say about God. And so God gives a different language to be able to do that. But the Bible is also clear. If that happens in a context like this where people are gathered, there should always be an interpretation. Because otherwise it's gobbledygook to everyone else. But the interpretation should come so that everyone would say, oh, that's what you were saying. Oh, yeah. I'm into that. That's good. And that, in, in that way, when the interpretation comes, it's for the common good. Everyone gets built up. Different gifts Different gifts given by the giver in order that we might experience the presence of God. Next week, Adrian is going to build on this and talk a little bit about how do we exercise those gifts in, in, in this kind of setting 
in a way that honors the gift, both as those who, who are exercising and those who are receiving. But for now, why don't we just come back and worship the giver of the gifts? You know, it's wonderful to think about spiritual gifts. They are a real blessing. But let's never, for, let's never mistake the gift for the giver. Yeah? Um, gifts are wonderful. But he is the treasure. He's the treasure worth selling everything for. It's what came through in worship. Why don't we come and worship Jesus as Lord again? The one who's revealed the Father to us by the Spirit in order that we might enjoy who he is. And then everything that comes from him is simply another way of enjoying him, the gift. Why don't we stand and I'll pray for us. Also, just to say, of course, tonight we've got extended worship. That will be an opportunity to come expecting to exercise gifts because God might, might want to speak to you in a way that will bless those gathered to worship tonight. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are giver. It's your very nature. You are always pouring out life and goodness from creation through salvation, now through to the sanctification of the church. You are always giving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for spiritual gifts. Wonderful that the, the mighty living God would give us things to add into the church to accomplish your plans and purposes. It's amazing, Father. Thank you for how you use us in ways to bless others. Lord, we want to be a church that says yes to all the spiritual gifts, to all the things that God has for us. But Lord, we also want to recognize those gifts, just they point to who you are as giver. And you are the one who we love. You're the one we worship. You're the one we adore. We don't want to be like the Corinthians uh, with one-upmanship. No, we want to be those who are, who are one in heart and who love you and who worship you. So, Spirit, would you come now and do what you most do and make Christ known to us? Would you come and shine a light in Jesus that we might see in him the, the light of the glory of the knowledge of God? In Jesus' name, amen.